0: Welcome to the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 226. Today we're talking about dreaming bigger, so stay tuned.
1: Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: All right, so we're mixing it up with a shorter intro today.
1: Yeah, it's a fun one. I don't know. Just right to the point. I mean, I
0: just like re-recorded it and recorded it many, many times, so I don't really know if it's saving us any time.
1: It's amazing how much time just went into a 15-second intro to the podcast. I know, right?
0: Well, I just feel like sometimes my intros are a little too long, so let's just get right into it. But yet, here I am talking for like 30 seconds about the intro, so Mm -hmm. I guess I didn't really save any time anyway.
1: Wait, we're going to save a whole heck of a lot of time on the next episode, though. (laughs) It's going to be phenomenal.
0: Yeah, so we'll see. We're going to play around with our uh, intros a little bit here, but today we're talking all about dreaming bigger. There's been... So many amazing things that have been happening in the world of running over the past few weeks, the past couple of months, you know, races are coming back, the world majors are coming back. And, you know, one thing that definitely stands out for me, especially as a woman and as a a mother is what Shalane Flanagan just did, how she ran the six major marathons in six weeks, which was absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the world major marathons coming back really kind of inspires this whole idea of dreaming bigger because, you know, you show that confidence. Coverage on TV and you're looking at like two and a half, three hours of coverage, and you can only have the camera on the leaders for so long Mm -hmm. and there's only so many backstories you can do. So then they start tapping into all of the other stories of the like, but what about this crazy inspiring thing? This person lost their leg yesterday and they're running the New York Marathon. (laughs) And you're like, whoa, I should probably dream bigger in my life.
0: Well, yeah, and I think that, you know, we can take it one of two ways a lot of times, right? Like you can see that as like, wow, those people are just like freaks of nature and I could never accomplish that. And now I feel bad about myself because they're doing these big things and I'm not, right? Like that's one way that some people might take it. And then there's the other way of like, wow, if they can do it, that means it's possible. And what else could I do? How could I dream bigger? How can I step up in my life to achieve great things too? Maybe I can't achieve that or maybe I don't want to achieve that same exact thing. But how else can I kind of grow and become a better version of myself.
1: Yeah, that that's a key one on maybe that's not the goal that I want, but that's still super inspiring for me. Like I remember when I was a kid, I watched the like Kona Ironman every year. Yeah. Like, every year I would sit in front of the television for hours watching that thing. Mm-hmm. And at no point in time during that awesome inspirational of the leaders and the people that are coming in like just under midnight and then the people that are still coming in after midnight that don't even get like the finisher's medal because it technically doesn't count because they missed the deadline. Yeah. Yeah. and the tears and everything amazing inspirational stuff and I was inspired but never inspired to compete in an Ironman mm-hmm. but still inspired to do other things yeah like, I, you know that that gets me to into running and running long distances and all that stuff but I don't enjoy swimming so I don't see me training for something like that
0: yeah and I think that you know it makes us kind of think about those amazing goals that people achieve like what inspired them to have that goal in the first place, right? Like what made Shalane Flanagan say, you know what I should do? I should run six marathons in six weeks and make, you know, one or two of those should actually be back-to-back days. Like what made her say, that's something that I want to take on? Like, what does it take to actually start out on a task like that? That seems kind of crazy, right? Like we have talked in previous episodes about goal setting and goal setting, making them bigger make, in dreaming bigger and not being afraid to go after something amazing and push yourself to places where you've never been before. But how do you start that? I think is, is one of the first things you kind of have to tackle.
1: Yeah, the starting point. Like, what was it that occurred to, I mean, for your example, what was it occurred to, to Flanagan that was like, you know what, yeah, I think I'll knock out all of the world major marathons. Like she's coaching now, so she's like retired from racing. So people are like, well, those are just crazy fast times. There's no possible way that she's retired if she's still knocking out those times. But they're like fifteen, twenty minutes off of what she's capable of running. Right. So they actually are a substantial pullback from her. Like she's pulling back almost like a minute per mile. Four. Her. off of her race pace. right? It's still a super fast time, but for her, it's, it's not pushing all that much. She's a younger coach. So I'm sure she's still out there training with some of her athletes, mm-hmm. especially on longer runs and you know, talking with other coaches out there and hearing everybody that's doing like that major and that marathon and that thing. She's, you know, it probably occurred to her, Hey, wait, these line up. I bet I could do all of them.
0: Well, I don't know if you've, like, have you read any of, like, the articles about, like, why she started this in the first place? Like, she had really fell out of love with running by the end of her professional career. And that was a big reason that she wanted to do it, because she wanted to fall back in love with running again. And this was something that was big enough to inspire her to go after, right? Because it's like, once you're at a certain age, especially as a professional elite runner, you start – noticing that your times aren't getting faster anymore, right? Like that there's a peak at some point in time. So – at what point in time do you pull the plug, right? Which is kind of what she did a year or two ago when she retired, right? She had a knee surgery. There was just things that like didn't, you know, weren't really going well for her in her professional career. And that really is kind of what soured her whole experience there at the end. And that's, you know, when she decided to retire from running and become a coach and whatnot. But like you said, she was still training with her athletes, right? And she needed something and she needed it to be big enough, I think, right? To like inspire her to get back out there and put the work in to that level.
1: Right. So, and that's kind of the background of like, what does it take to start on something so crazy? Some people need something that big that actually moves the needle that can get them going. Mm -hmm. And still, even when you have that big giant goal, every once in a while it gets a little overwhelming that it's like, well, if my goal is so big, where would I even begin that thing? You know, the, the, what's the metaphor? How would you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Like, it's kind of the, the sillier version of the, the Chinese proverb of a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Like, there's still, there's a first move, and it, your first step on a thousand miles is not, it doesn't have to be, you know, six marathons in six weeks, that's going to cover several of the miles, quite frankly, but it's still, it all starts with that first move, but something has to get you out, out the door and actually moving. And for her, it was the lineup of all the world majors.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's the key is like, what is going to allow you to take that first step, right? Like how do you actually get started towards a really big goal? And I think that this is where a lot of people get stuck. Like we have talked before, like I said, about setting bigger goals and dreaming bigger and making it okay to fail along the way right like we have lots of previous episodes this is number 226 right there's tons of episodes um, especially about goal setting and those kinds of things so I think that we can sometimes accept the idea of like setting a big goal but a lot of times When you have a big goal, we kind of stop in our tracks, right? Because we're not sure how to get started towards that big goal.
1: Right. And that's where people kind of hesitate on even making the really big goal because the smaller goals feel a whole heck of a lot safer our mind really naturally doesn't want to change. Like our mind doesn't like new things. It wants to keep us pretty much where we are. And so if our goal is relatively small, that's close enough to where we are that our brain can sort of wrap our head around it and be like, yep, that's basically where you are. That does not feel that risky. Sure, it's a goal. It's a new thing, but it's not that new. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'll go ahead and, and I'll get on board with that. But the big goal seems a little scary. And so sometimes it's tricky to make the goal or then to say, all right, I'm actually going to get on the path and start driving towards this goal. So because the small goal just sounds a heck of a lot easier.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, part of the reason that the small goal sounds easier is because from our current state, we cannot achieve the big goal, right? Like where we are today, we are not able to do that thing yet. It, that goal is actually impossible for us today. If, if we are dreaming big enough, you actually need to evolve into the next version of yourself in order to achieve that goal, right? So big goals cannot be achieved from where we currently are. We have to change who we are what we're capable of, you know, maybe that means gaining new skills. Maybe that just means building a lot more strength and resilience and confidence, but we have to continue to evolve into the next version of ourself to achieve those bigger goals.
1: Right. And that whole evolution thing, that just seems really difficult and complicated totally. and a little bit scary.
0: Yeah. And that's why our brain is working to protect us, right? Our brain literally fights back against these big goals because our brain wants to keep us in the cave, wants to keep us safe. That's that primitive part of our brain that doesn't want us to do new things, that doesn't want us to adventure out, because that's the unknown. That's the scary part. We don't need to do that. We're good here in the cave. We'll just stay right here and we'll be fine.
1: Right, and so we just kind of stick with the the smaller goals. The problem is that the small goal stops you really from making any progress. You often set these goals, and it feels like you're doing things. You're like, oh no, no, I keep achieving these goals. But it becomes more like a goal to-do list mm-hmm. because the things that you're accomplishing, sure, you're knocking off goals. You're like, oh no, it's a bucket list item. But it's it's not really. Like the whole concept of bucket list items is these things were supposed to be huge things and now people are knocking them off like their to-do lists. You're staying busy. It looks like you're accomplishing things, but they're so unrelated to each other that you can't really stack them on top of each other to grow to greater and greater results. You're not getting compound interest back on, on any of your mini goals along the way.
0: I don't think that it always happens like that. I think that it can, you know, like I don't think that setting smaller goals are are going to completely prevent you from progressing. I think that it definitely is true for some people that like setting those smaller goals can prevent them from achieving those bigger goals because of just what you said, right? Of that staying busy, it's like that illusion of being busy and working toward goals, but it's are you working towards those goals that actually matter?
1: Right. Well, it's it's the goals that are kind of like the shiny object syndrome. So it's the goals that are unrelated to each other that you actually can't progress from one to the next. You can't mm. see how one goal would then lead, would set you up for the next goal. Right. It's, I'm going to do a goal in this area and then I'm gonna do a completely different goal and then a completely different goal. Mm-hmm. And they don't unify towards any one bigger goal because yeah. you didn't go through the the process and the difficulty of trying to figure out what that big, amazing goal is. Mm-hmm. So instead of finding little steps along the way. Cause I a hundred percent am on board with small goals progressing towards the giant one. Yeah. But without the giant one, you're just knocking off small goals. It's like trying to build a sandcastle and you go keep filling up that bucket of sand. And you're like, all right, I'm going to get the bucket of sand and then I'm going to pour a pile and then I get another bucket of sand. I'm going to pour another pile, but I'm going to do it 10 feet away. Mm-hmm. You're not building a sandcastle. You're just making random little piles of sand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that, that what you're saying here that we need to really focus on is that that big goal is really the lighthouse in the distance right that's where we are heading and then we set those small goals to help get us there but a lot of times we can get caught up if if we are lacking that bigger goal if we're lacking that lighthouse and we can be setting all of these smaller goals and seemingly accomplishing all these things but are we actually moving forward
1: right it's it's sometimes the uh uh, issue of people that race all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Like sometimes racing all the time is a great way of actually training and keeping you going, keeping you on track and focused. And you can use the races and sort of build one race towards the next one. You know, one of the best ways to quite frankly train for a half marathon is by racing 10 k's. Mm-hmm. One of the great ways to train for a marathon is by throwing in a couple of half marathon races during your training block. Yeah. So you can use the races, but it's sort of like I'm going to train for my fastest marathon. And my fastest mile simultaneously. Like those are totally different body systems that you're working with there. So doing the things to get one is going to actually take away from trying to do the other thing.
0: Yeah. And if we go back to that, the proverb that you brought up earlier about uh, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, right? If we look at that, like it's true, right? Taking one step definitely starts the journey, but you're not going to get anywhere if you take one step forward and then one step backward or one step to the left or one step to the right, right? You have to kind of keep stacking those steps in the same direction if you want to actually achieve that goal to actually get to that destination. Yes.
1: Otherwise, I think you were doing the hokey pokey there, I think is what we were working out there. Oh, we were
0: doing the left foot Just a
1: little bit. And you don't actually get anywhere in that song. You (laughs) just stand in one place and wave everything around. But that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about.
0: (laughs) You knew I was going to say that, didn't you?
1: Completely.
0: He <laughs> just looked at me with this
1: <laughs> everybody listening knew that was coming.
0: <laughs> you turn yourself around. So if we dive into the proverb a little bit, let's let's do that.
1: Okay, so journey of a thousand miles begins with one step and that first step is huge because sometimes when you have that enormous goal, it seems too big mm-hmm. and instead of doing anything to work towards it people just have goal paralysis mm-hmm. they're like ah oh, i don't know how to get there so i won't start and that's what the whole the, the whole concept behind that thing the premise is is you you just have to take a step that's going to be something But you have to have sort of a a conscious step. Like if the goal is somewhere out there, you need to take that first step with full realization that that first step might not be perfect, Mm -hmm. that some of the steps along the way might in fact be backward steps, but they're still part of your journey that's ultimately getting you somewhere
0: yeah which is the hard part, I think you know when you are not exactly sure, and this is one why we teach like um, the people that are in our membership program on our training team. we teach them all about goal setting We teach a concept called reverse engineering, so you take that big goal, whatever that bigger goal is for you, and then you work backwards, right you work backwards and set those smaller goals, those smaller checkpoints so that you know that those goals are all moving you in the direction of your ultimate bigger goal, right? That's really what we want to do. But I think that, when, when you start to break it down like that, this is where small goals become really, really helpful because it's not this big thing anymore, right? When we're looking at the lighthouse in the distance and we have no idea how to get there and we have no map or anything, there is a fear of starting because you're like, well, what if I'm going to do it wrong? What if I'm going to go the wrong way? What if I'm going to waste my time? And so then people, a lot of times, just don't ever start, right? And that's really where a lot of people get um, hung up in, any of this is that fear of doing it wrong that fear of not being perfect that fear of wasting the time and it's so funny isn't it ironic in a lot of ways of you know we don't want to waste the time, so instead, we're just not going to try at all.
1: That's exactly what I was just going to say. I I don't. I'm a little nervous that my next move might not be the correct move. Yeah. So instead, I'm going to not make a move.
0: Well, it's failing ahead of time, right? You, you know, this is the way my coach talks about. Like, yep. it's failing ahead of time. You can actually start the journey and like you said have some missteps along the way have some wins have some failures have some learning experiences and then eventually get to that goal because you've at least started the journey you're at least on your way there right at least you have a chance of accomplishing that goal if you're actually on the journey but many people are so paralyzed by fear of doing it wrong of being imperfect of getting hurt of whatever it might be that they just don't even start so they're just failing ahead of time right because if you choose not to start the journey there's no way that you're actually going to get there so you're failing before you even start
1: Right. People also are waiting for like the perfect setup to begin. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, I'll do that once, once I get to this point. Once, once my life clears out, once my calendar is empty, then I'll start working towards whatever that goal is. And that's always saying that that you'll be able to start sometime in the future, but the future, because of, you know, it's the future is always out there. It's never actually a thing that you will reach. You never reach the future. All you have is now. You can't start working on your goal yesterday. You can't start working on your goal tomorrow because tomorrow will always be tomorrow. It's always 24 hours ahead of you. The only time you can actually start working on your goal is right now. Mm -hmm. Like that's all you've got. All you have is right now. So what better time? Like you could start now or you could pause for five seconds you could start now. Like, that's that's all you've got. You don't have tomorrow. Tomorrow is still going to be tomorrow. You go to bed. You wake up. Tomorrow is still the the next day. You can't do it tomorrow.
0: I know. It's such a interesting concept when you really dive into it, right? Like, tomorrow doesn't actually exist. Right. And neither does the future. Like, the, literally, the only time you have is right now. That's it. So... If we go back to our proverb, I think that, you know, one thing that the proverb doesn't really tell us, and this is one thing that we love talking to our um, team members about and all of our clients, is really that when you start the journey, you need to have the belief that you're actually starting the journey, right? Like, you have to actually accept that that first step is a step in the right direction. Because you don't know. You you truly don't know if you're moving the right way, but you have to at least believe that you are so that you'll actually continue moving.
1: Yeah. You have to believe that that step is a step of, of great consequence Mm -hmm. and. It could be in the wrong direction and it still matters. Mm-hmm. It's still the the right step for you to take.
0: Yeah, because then that will help you learn that that was not the right step to take. Yeah. And then when you learn that that wasn't the right step to take, then you figure out which one you want to try next. Okay, which wasn't that one. Maybe I should try this one over here.
1: Right, but... Uh, Whichever step you go, whether that first move is, is a good one, you get a positive experience, or you get a nice learning lesson out of it, you're still on the path. You have to believe, one, that that journey is possible, that you could conceivably get to the end of it. You have to have that belief, and you have to believe that this step is the first step of your journey. It's not just a step you're taking. It's not just the small goal that you're going to to start aiming for over a shorter time period. It's in fact the first step towards the bigger goal. You have to, I think, connect it to the much bigger goal so that you'll keep doing it. Yeah. It's not just this small thing. Yeah. The small thing is a great way to check in. Sometimes it's like, okay, I can see that I'm I'm making good progress towards the bigger goal, but you have to know that that bigger goal is still there. You're still aiming towards it. It's still the lighthouse.
0: Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about all of this also is that if you start on a journey, if you take that first step, then that means that you have already accepted that achieving that goal is a possibility in your mind, right? Just by you having the idea has now made that into a reality, a possible reality in your life, right? We have ideas and whether or not we achieve them, that's up to us. Whether or not we're actually going to take those actions to achieve those things. But once you have the thought you actually birth that thing into reality. It is a future reality. It's just whether or not you actually decide to go towards it or not go towards it. Right. So part of you just by having that thought of like, Hmm, I wonder if I could run a marathon. Boom. You've just put out there that you could run a marathon, right? There is a version of you that ran a marathon. Yes, that runs a marathon, that runs marathons, who knows how many there are, right? But there is a version of you out there that does that. And you have to, just by you thinking the thought, (laughs) is this a possibility? You therefore make it into a possibility, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. That's the glory of imagination. Like, we kind of give up, I think, sometimes on how powerful our imagination is as we move from, you know, childhood into adulthood. Yeah. When you're a little kid, you're like, what do you want to be? I don't know, a superhero?
0: I don't know, a purple elephant?
1: Like, the (laughs) things that that kids can come up with because they don't put restrictions on themselves Mm -hmm. within their imagination. And then we grow up and we're like, ah, this is what my imagination thinks, but I'm not going to say that out loud.
0: Well, and that's not really realistic.
1: Yes, No, it's not realistic. It's living in the world of your imagination. Mm -hmm. That's where the, the lack of realism is able to exist. Think of crazy, huge things that it would be amazing if you were able to accomplish, and then you don't have to necessarily work towards it. You can come up with some huge idea, grand thing, and say, do I actually want to achieve that? Yeah. Because just because you can think of it in your imagination does not mean that's a good goal for you. Mm-hmm. I just... mean,
0: look at, you know, all of the inventors, right? Yep. I think like you look at Einstein, Alexander Graham, Bell, Tesla, Elon Musk, all of these people that have literally created things that never existed before. Yeah. That was all from their imagination. Yes. 100%. Right. Why are you any different? And people are like, "Well, I'm not Elon Musk." Well, clearly you're not Elon Musk, right? Unless Elon Musk is listening. I don't know if he's a runner, but hey, let's 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 get you on if you are Elon. But like, clearly you are not Elon Musk, right? But you are you, and you have gifts and you have imagination. What do you actually want to birth into reality? Yeah. That's your choice, right? Elon Musk, Einstein, Bell, all of these inventors, right? They had an idea that never existed. And they're like, let me see if I can make that thing. Let me see if I can do it. And there were so many failures along the way. Thomas Edison has a famous quote that said, I haven't failed. I just found 10,000 ways that won't work.
1: Right, which... I'm not sure. It's one of those very popular used quotes. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, I don't know if he failed on the light bulb 10,000 times before he got to it, but it gets to the point yeah. of he just kept trying to come up with ways. I was just listening to a podcast that where they were talking about Ford. Kept He you know, came out with the Model T and everything, but mm-hmm. he, he wasn't the only person vending. He had all these engineers working for him, yeah. and he had this vision of how the engine was supposed to work. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, here... This is this is in general what's supposed to happen. This is the concept. Go make it work. And the engineers kept coming back to him and being like It's not possible. This this doesn't work. He goes, No, no, no. It works you just have to figure out how to do it. Right. And, and he like just he wouldn't send, accept it. Right. He just kept sending them back. No, no, no. It's possible. You just have to figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. Because in And they his, came
0: back to him time after time after time <laughs> saying, this is not possible.
1: In his head, it worked. He had yeah. this vision of how it was supposed to happen. He just couldn't quite figure it. He was working on it. He had other people working on it. Mm-hmm. They kept coming back and saying, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And he says, no, no, no. We just haven't figured it out yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to first achieve that goal in our imagination. And this is, again, something that we coach our athletes on all the time. And this is a very difficult concept, I think, for us to grasp a lot of times until we really just decide to dive in. I mean, really, that's what this is. You're like, okay, I'm going to believe it and I'm just going to go for it, right? Because we are taught and we are conditioned that you have to have proof, you have to have evidence before you believe something. That's how a lot of us nowadays are conditioned, right? We have to have some sort of proof that this thing works or that this thing is possible before you actually start doing the work to actually achieve it. But that makes no sense. How can you achieve anything that's not been achieved before or that you've never achieved before unless you believe that that outcome is possible? You have to believe it's possible first. And then you will do the work to actually get there.
1: Right. Because if you don't believe it's possible, then at the first sign of trouble, you'll stop working towards the goal. Right. Because there's no reason to work towards the goal because you've already decided that you can't get there.
0: Yeah. And now you have evidence that that thing isn't going to work. Right. Instead because of just it was like, difficult. Well, instead of that, you know, you telling yourself, well, that was just an attempt. That part didn't work. How can I try this again? Right. When you accept that, that outcome is already achieved you just have to then say okay cool I know that I have I'm going to do that thing now I just have to figure out how to get there like what you were talking about with Henry Ford right he's already he already accepted that this car was going to like the engine right it was when he was um inventing the combustion engine it was already there he just had to figure out how to get there yes right like it was already manifested and so I think that that's one thing that's very very important for us when we set big goals, we have to practice believing them, right? Because when we set really, really big goals, sometimes it's hard to believe them, right? Because our human brains are naturally wired to want evidence and to want proof that it's possible and to do these other things, which is one of the things that's so great about running, I think, because a lot of times we look at other people who have achieved these goals. And to me, that's evidence that it is possible, right? If they can do it, why can't I do it, right? Mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the most powerful things that really got me to run my first half marathon, right? I watched you run your first half marathon. And not only did you do it, because in my head, you're like a different level of runner than I am. I know now that we're both just runners, runners. right? Um, But I saw runners of all shapes and sizes and ages and genders and, you know, all sorts of things out doing the same exact thing. And I'm like, well, if all these people can do it, then clearly I can do it. There's a method, right? You follow the method, you follow a training plan, you find a program that works for you, and then you achieve that goal, right? But you have to say, huh, I think I could do this first. And so that's what other runners can do for you is just show you that, This is possible for anybody as long as you are following a system that's right for you and your body.
1: Right. It has to be a system that works for you. You have to buy in. And you don't have to take these inspirational stories that we see and do that exact thing. Yeah, Like part of this is... trying to see the inspiration and not have a negative comparison to it. Not like, oh man, that's something that they achieved. There's no way that I could possibly achieve that. Maybe not. Maybe that's not something that you would have the desire to work towards. Mm -hmm. You go back to the story that we were talking about before, Flanagan knocked out six marathons in six weeks. That's amazing. That's not necessarily something that people are going to look at and be like, that is inspiring. I would also like to do that exact thing. Mm -hmm. It's something that people go like, wow, six marathons in six weeks. I generally run 5Ks. Maybe I could run a marathon. Mm -hmm. Like, you can adjust these things to something that is still a super big goal for you. Mm -hmm. And for some people, A 5K is a super big goal. Maybe running 30 straight minutes. Maybe it's a full marathon. It varies person to person. Like, What is the huge thing that you want to go for? It doesn't have to be the dream story that you saw on TV or what you found on the internet somewhere. You can use those crazy stories Mm -hmm. as inspiration towards whatever it is that you want to go out and tackle.
0: Yeah, I think because what you ultimately need to take away from these amazing, inspiring stories is that that person that achieved that thing had enough faith in themselves to think that that thing was possible, right? To believe in the possibility of that seemingly impossible goal and say, you know what? I'm going to achieve this and and I'm going to work really, really hard to make sure that I do this. Is there a chance that something could have gone wrong along the way? Absolutely, right? But you have to accept that. You have to accept that maybe you are going to get it wrong along the way. Maybe you aren't going to be able to run exactly what you wanted to run in the timeline that you gave yourself. Maybe you were just wrong about the timeline, Mm -hmm. and that's totally okay. Again, just because you don't achieve that thing on the first time around does not mean that it's not possible. It just means maybe you need to find a better system, a better plan. Maybe you need to do more strength training. Maybe you need to work on – the strength of your belief in yourself. Maybe there were still those doubts that were actually holding you back, right? Uh,
1: Strength training, whether it's the mind or the body, strength training is super important. You need to strengthen the belief, strengthen the body, and then go out there and, and knock out some crazy goals.
0: Yeah. So like back to Shalane, like that was a stretch goal for her, but she knew she could do it, right? If she had the right training, she had the support system, nutrition, like she had all of those things in place already. So, yes, was it going to be a very challenging thing for her to do? Absolutely. Was it within her? capabilities? Yes, it was, right? Did she still have to transform into the next version of herself to achieve those things? A 100%. Yeah,
1: because she had to figure out how to actually pick up a cup from the water station yeah. and drink it yeah. instead of having her own customized water bottle mm-hmm. waiting for her on a special table with like a sign that says her name on it.
0: Yeah, I think that was one of the funniest things from the first one, right? Best
1: part, like how, how am I supposed to get water when everybody else is also trying to get water yeah. and where's my water bottle? I, the the one marathon that she She essentially did on her own back home.
0: Yeah. The virtual.
1: Yeah. But she had her whole crew with her, Mm -hmm. like helping to pace and everything and giving her drinks. Yeah. Like people are like, that one was solo. How was she able to go so fast? Because she was back to her normal racing method. Mm -hmm. She had her customized water bottles with her.
0: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) when you think about how she races, typical marathons when she was you know during her professional career it was like her in the lead pack most of the you know with yep. like a couple other people around it was a
1: small group yeah. it was not surrounded by dozens and hundreds of people right
0: that's not how she's ever run a marathon before yeah
1: weird experience in when the she... pack
0: <laughs> yeah
1: that she wasn't she wasn't much in the pack i think in new york she was the 11th overall woman <laughs> right
0: but still you know what i mean like you know but she started with the pack
1: she started with the pack right. she started with a bunch of people yes yeah.
0: So, you know, there's so many things, you know, so many examples, even just over the past couple of weeks. You know, you look at Molly Seidel, who set the American record at New York at the New York Marathon, fastest time by an American woman, and here we find out after the fact that she had a broken rib a couple weeks before. So she basically ran with a couple broken ribs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, you know, it'll be fine. Yeah. And you know during all of that training, there was a possibility that she was still going to have to pull out of the race last minute. Because... She had a broken rib yeah. and it, it's, it's a slow process of healing that thing. There's not like you can't put a cast on it. She's hoping for the best that it was going to come together well enough that she would be able to race. She had enough faith that if I keep training, I'm going to get myself as prepared for this as possible. And it might not work, but I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I am pulling off crazy examples just off of that one race. There was uh, Larry Trachtenberg. He was the only athlete in that entire race who ran both the first New York Marathon and then came back and repeated and ran the
0: 50th New York Marathon.
1: He was 16 when he did the first one. Wow. He thought that it would help him prepare for the upcoming track season.
0: That's awesome. So
1: he just went out there and ran a marathon. He was already running in the area yeah, sure. I'll knock off 26 miles. Mm -hmm. So give it a shot.
0: And there were, you know, all of the disabled athletes from the Achilles International Foundation. That was a really cool feature to watch during the New York coverage. I mean,
1: New York Marathon essentially helped create the whole Achilles Foundation, which is now the Achilles International Foundation. Like they're one of the big major races around the world that has really invited not just wheelchair athletes and hand crank athletes, but athletes with all sorts of different, uh, different abilities and really gotten them across all sorts of, of marathon finish lines, not mm-hmm. just New York. Now they're in races around the world. It started with the New York Roadrunners, mm-hmm. I
0: believe. Yeah. And then one of my favorites that I saw this week was Julia Hurricane Hawkins. Hurricane. I love it. She just set the new world record in the 100 meter in the age group of 105 plus because she created a new age group.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> she's the first woman over 105 because she's 105 yeah. to knock off 100 meters. Yeah,
0: I loved it. It's a
1: phenomenal video of yeah. her.
0: And the best part was that she was um, disappointed with herself at the end slightly. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she was happy that she did it, of course. But she said she really wanted it to be under a minute, and she ran like 102.
1: Yeah, she ran 102, which like. I think it she was only disappointed because the reporter tried to like set it up like we well, ran you ran 102 that's less than your age which it's not she ran 62 seconds that's well less than her age mm-hmm. but the reporter was trying to be like clever with it and she was having none of it cuz she's 105 and she was just <laughs> like no No, I was trying to break a minute.
0: Yeah, but she also, like, just said, you know, I like running. Like, this is fun for me. I want to do this as long as I can.
1: Right, because generally she goes out and runs, like, a mile or two. And she does it with a flower over her ear. That's the best part. Like, she races with this, like, pretty little flower over her ear. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know... She got into running, into track and field racing at the age of 100 Yeah, because she had already knocked out of all of these like, cycling records. It's just something that she does and enjoys, and it's a cool, inspiring thing. Is that something that I'm, I would like to do at 105? I, I don't know, but it's cool and inspiring that she's still out there and knocking off those things. I'd love to keep running for a long, long time. Knocking off track and field records at age 105? Track and field races sometimes get really long boring. Mm. I'm not sure if that seems like the most exciting of things to do.
0: I, on the other hand, Julia, I'm coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like all of these amazing athletes, right, they all race with a full understanding that missing the goal is a real possibility, but that's not what they focus on, right? I can pretty much guarantee that none of them focus on you know, I might not get it. No. Like they, ha- they believe, a hundred percent or at least ninety nine percent, right? That they are going to achieve that goal. That's what makes them do it anyway, right? If if they allowed their doubt to come in and affect what they did, then there would be much less chance of them actually accomplishing that goal.
1: It'd be a whole heck of a lot more difficult to even get to the starting line because they would have essentially tripped themselves up along the way. Mm -hmm. They would have stopped putting in the work to actually prepare to take on the big goal, the race, whatever it is, because they never believed that they could get there. That belief, once you imagine the big goal, then stick with the belief that that big goal is entirely within your capability and just start working really hard towards it.
0: Right. But like the, the one caveat is that it's not within your ability now. It yes. is in the ability of the future version of yourself Who has already accomplished that thing? This is like where it gets kind of weird, but also very, very empowering, right? Because you can then, when your brain then decides that it's going to rebel and tell you, uh, why are you even starting this? You're not able to do that. You can just say, yeah, I know, like, I know I'm not able to do this right now, but I will be able to in the future. And you already accept that the future version of yourself has accomplished that thing.
1: Right. Yeah. You start really working the imagination inside of there and opening yourself up that sure, failure is a possibility, but so is success. Yeah. As success is, is out there. Success is, is, in the realm. And if you're not fully willing and, and open to not succeeding, then you don't give yourself a chance to succeed, I think.
0: Yeah. And you know, we actually had, speaking of the past week, we had our girls cross country team, went to the cross-country state championship race. And one of our girls who had, I would argue, the best race of anybody on our team, all of our girls had a pretty good race overall, but one of the best races that we had, you were talking to her, before the race, right? That Was it that day or the the day before?
1: No, it was that day. Like, yeah, it, that morning. To make it from the tent to the starting line is kind of a lengthy walk. And so I was checking in with, like, all of the girls, individuals who got up there. And I, I go to this girl. I'm like, how are you feeling? Like, have you got a plan? She's kind of like, mm, I'm not really sure. I'm like, are, are you are you feeling good? Like, where's your head at? And she didn't really have anything that she was going into it with. She didn't seem scared with it, but it was she wasn't. Dreaming big or small, she just was sort of like, "I'm going to go out and and run a race." Go like, run. No, like let's let's go for it. Like it's the state meet. There's not huge pressure on you. Like we weren't expected to go in there and like win it as a team. So I was like, "There's there's no pressure on you that you have to accomplish anything," which is great because it lets you just go out and do whatever you want. So go out and give it a shot. And and I looked at her and I go, look, if you're not willing to go out and crash and burn, how do you know if you can actually fly? And she kinda like she she stopped walking for a second and like you can see her really try and process what that means. Mm-hmm. And it's like like as your coach standing here, I'm like, look, if I got to scrape you off the course at the two mile and drag you back to our tent because you went for it, yeah. then that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And she went out there and she went for it. The mile mark, she was the fastest girl we had on our team. And she is not normally the fastest girl we have on the team right. at one mile mark, but she went for it. And her mm-hmm. parents were kind of laughing when we got home, like, man, she really took that one out fast. I'm like, yeah, I know. She gave herself the chance yeah. and she ended up running her fastest time of the season, mm-hmm. which was phenomenal because she put herself in the, in the position that she she could.
0: Yeah. And then we actually had another girl on the team. Like we really did have both examples, right? We had her who decided to go all in. We also had another girl that also wanted to be number one on our team, move into that number one spot and unfortunately she did crash and burn, right? Yep. She ended up with a side stitch before she even hit the mile mark and struggled to just finish that race, right? She struggled every step of that race after that point. And she was devastated at the end. And I was, you know, I, thank God she's a freshman, right? And, yep. I, and I just was like, all right, this was a learning experience. You know, she was like so upset at the end but like obviously I I helped coach her through that and you know she was okay at, after a little while right but I was like you went for it right like you went out there and now there are some lessons that we can learn and some things that we need to do differently next season and that's totally cool right but you actually went for it and I want you to be proud of that
1: right so there's still there's the big goal and then there's the smaller slightly realistic like if if you're running like a 25-minute 5K and you're like, I, I've consistently run 25-minute 5Ks. Today, I'm going to go for it and see if I can break 15. That's... That's a big goal, and that's great. Don't get me wrong; big goals are awesome. But that's beyond what your current body can do. Yeah, like this goes back to the whole like you can't accomplish that big goal from where you currently are. You have mm-hmm. to take steps to to get there. You get into a race. Uh, I, I actually, you know, we mentioned Molly Seidel in this one. I heard a podcast about her in Tokyo, of like. When she went into that race, if it went out at a different pace, she goes, "I would have had a completely different race because yeah. there were people in there who could have taken it out and just blown her out of the mm-hmm. water if they decided to just push the pace because she could not have kept up with them." Yeah, there was there was the big goal of I'd love to go to the Olympics and get a medal, but there was also this little bit of reality in the background of if I take it out too fast, I won't be able to get to the finish line. Mm-hmm. So it just happened that the race worked for you. So dream big, work towards that, but. But your race that happens like this weekend, make sure that you have something within the realm of of possibility.
0: Yeah. And believe in the possibility of the outcome. You know, whatever that outcome is, be totally willing to go all in on it. Believe that it is actually possible. Set a timeline for yourself and also be willing to be wrong about the timeline, right? I think that that's really one of the things that I have been learning over the course, especially of this year and some of the work that I've been doing with my own you know, personal growth and personal coaching is understanding that I'm allowed to be wrong about that kind of thing. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong about the goal. It doesn't mean that that goal is not achievable. It just means it's going to take me a little bit longer than I thought and that's totally okay.
1: Right, the goal is perfect. The timeline was just a little off. You
0: got it. You got it. So, get out there friends, set big goals. Dream bigger. See what you can accomplish because the in all likelihood, you don't give yourself enough credit. In all likelihood, you are holding yourself back in some way, whether that's because you think you're too old or you don't have a runner's body or whatever it might be. You don't have enough experience, you don't have enough knowledge. Go get the experience, go get the knowledge, get the coaching, get the help. There are so many people out there that can help you, that can support you along your journey. You are capable. If you want it, go after it, right? Just do the work and go out there and achieve it. So as always, guys, thank you so much for joining us. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 226. Stay tuned. We have a new free live training coming up in December. Mark your calendars. December 2nd, we are going to be starting our first um, part number one of our three-part live training on December 2nd. So make sure you mark your calendars. You are going to want to join us live. It is going to be an unforgettable event that will actually help you to completely transform your running. Come join us, okay? It's all going to be free. We're going to be there helping to coach you through all of these obstacles that are getting in your way. Again, December 2nd, save the date, and we'll send you guys more details soon. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 226. Now get out there and run your life.
1: Hey. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners Training Team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life.
0: We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.